Hello everyone and welcome to One For All, that weekly show where we review and rewatch, not particularly in that order. Nope. <laughs> yeah. We could, we could switch it up this week. <laughs> the anime My Hero Academia. As always, I am your host, Annabeth. I am here with my other wonderful co-host, Nancy. And we are here to talk today about Season 3, Episode 25, Unrivaled, which is the last episode of Season 3. Excitement! It is exciting. It's it's hard to believe that we're already here. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's gone so fast. And I feel like it's about to get confusing because obviously we have our, our sum up episode to do. And we're going to talk about the first movie and stuff like that. But then we're going to watch into Season 4. But we're going to watch into season four as we are watching season five as it airs. And I don't know if I'm going to get confused. We, we've we already gotten confused. I've already gotten confused. Yeah, we Be- had to cut something out of the last episode because you almost spoiled something involving Dobby. <laughs> I went to go say something and I was like, yep, nope, yep, no, no. No. <laughs> it's going to be confusing, y'all. Yep. It's going to be confusing, but season five hype, though. Yeah, I am... Like, the first... We've watched two episodes now, and the first episode was sort of like a fun way to reintroduce the characters and blah, blah, blah. But, oh my god, did season two get into the meat of things? I have so many feelings. All the feels. All the feels. This episode had so much great macro plot and character work. Yep. <gasps> I missed you, MHA. Yeah, so good. I missed you. Now we got to wait a week for another episode. Yeah, I think that is the one bad thing about being all caught up on anime. I think you can make the argument that there are some types of media that's meant to be watched week to week and some media that's meant to be binged all at once. Anime is meant to be binged all at once, or at least in a shorter time frame than week to week, because just every episode just weeds so well into the next one. Yeah, especially where every episode has a freaking cliffhanger, it mm, feels like. Yeah. I mean, we're watching Falcon and Winter Soldier right now, too. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good time to be a Heroes fan. Yeah. Good superhero content Good right superhero content. And we were spoiled with WandaVision the last couple of months. Oh, Ooh. my God. I feel like after a year of nothing, we're just getting, getting rained on. Yep. It's very good. Very happy. Let's kick off into this episode. And by that, I mean we got to go watch it because we're it's not true. actually going to review it before we watch it. No. I mean, as amusing as that would be... Memories from, you know, well over a year ago now. I don't think it would work well. I think it would be hilarious if one episode at some point we tried to give you the whole synopsis of the episode without watching it and then watch it and come back and see how wrong we were. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. If we ever get to uh, a certain, like, listener threshold, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll look we'll at doing that, that yeah. for <laughs> a, a fun bonus episode. But we're going to go watch the last episode of season three. Where there, if I recall, is a, a nudity fight. Yep, there are naked people and fighting. Well, naked person specifically. And if you have never seen this episode, you probably think, what the fuck <laughs> happens in MHA this episode? You're in for a treat. Go watch it right now. We're going to do that. We'll talk to you soon. All right, and we are back. In the recap. In the recap, yeah. We jump back in and we're in the classroom from before. And Eraserhead is telling them all about their work studies. And they introduce the big three, the characters that we met at the end of the last episode, briefly, um, as a way to explain what their work studies are going to be like because they've done them before. Our good wall boyfriend is in this group. Amajiki? No, um, 
last episode, we met a character who was in a wall. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you meant... Okay. We have a character that likes to look at a wall in this episode, too. Yeah. So, what, one of the characters is the one we were introduced to last time. The yep. one that was in the wall and the one that was at the assembly. Yes. That the principal and All Might were, were talking about. Mm-hmm. One of them is a girl with long, like, bluish yep. hair. Uh, she's very busty. Mm-hmm. She comes across as kind of an airhead in this yep. episode. Uh, we have a very shy boy. It's interesting to see the reaction from the students. Minetta, as you might expect, immediately fixates on the hot girl because he's Minetta and he cannot get past hot girl. But Deku actually notices that the blonde guy from the wall, not only does he recognize him from the wall experience, but he also remembers that he saw them in, him in the sports festival yep. and that it was a sort of a, an interesting encounter. He left an impression. Yeah, and he didn't do that great no. if he remembers. And he doesn't really remember the other two either. They're supposed to be here to talk about the work studies. Yes. And the first... Boy up to to talk. How do you pronounce his name? Amajiki? Amajiki is the gentleman with dark hair who is very, very shy. Very shy. shy. He, he, he looks out over the classroom and he gives them all a very intense look. They're kind of taken aback. And you have this moment where you sort of see him focus and then all of a sudden everyone has potatoes for heads. And I remember seeing this episode the first time and being like, what? Did he turn them into potatoes? Is that his quirk? But, but no, he has severe, like, stage fright and yeah, social, social anxiety. anxiety. Um, so he's trying to picture them as potatoes as a way to make them f- seem non-threatening. But unfortunately, they only have potato heads and they still have human bodies and he, he's still very overwhelmed. He refers to the other ones, uh, the other two, as Mir- Mirio and Hado. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't do it. Yep. It's too much. It's and too so much. He turns and he faces a wall. Hado, who is the lady, yes. uh, jumps in. And she's much friendlier. She's much more open. And extremely rude. And yeah, she's she's so open and friendly to the point where she asks things that are genuinely inappropriate. People, they seem to find her charming. For the most part, they like she's more childlike than anything else. Yeah, I think Mina mentions that she's like a kindergartner. Yeah. And I feel like this is kind of de- depressing reflecting because she gets so much like personality in this uh, initial opening episode. And I feel like she doesn't for all of season four. Like they do nothing interesting with her beyond this point. Um, very, which is really, very typical of this show. Yeah, which is really disappointing, I must admit. Like, like we are introduced to these three characters who are all interesting in their own ways. And then they do nothing with her. But that's another Another season. We'll talk about that next season, we I will, guess. We will talk about that in arc one of season four. But Eraserhead's getting annoyed because yeah. nothing's actually getting done. And Mirio, the, the wall boy, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. notices this. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. I'm here to, to talk about things. I'll take care of it. I'm talking last. And he is buff. Yes. And he tries to do this sort of call and response thing. Like when you say something to a crowd and they say something back. But the setup that he has, like no one knows it. And it's just very awkward and silent. He makes some sort of comment like, well, now that my joke has failed. And he, he gets a reaction from his two friends. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> He's like, maybe I should just show you instead of tell you. How about you all fight me at once? At once. Which is very confident. And he's like, is that all right? Eraser is like, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Do what you want. I want to point out here one of the most interesting things about his character design that I really didn't notice the first time that I watched this is all the scars yeah. on his body. He has his shirt sleeves rolled up. And he has these scars that show up on his forearms. And they're very similar to the scars that Deku has. Yep. 
absolutely clearly some some shit has happened to him in the past but they're good with letting the entire class fight him at once but not in the classroom in in the gymnasium yeah they go out to the gymnasium and amajiki um or i'm probably pronouncing his name wrong i'll have to look that up before season four because he is important in season four but he reflects that this is potentially bad to have him, um, this this could have some very negative results. What does he say? Not everyone is filled to the brim with ambition. Yeah, and he clearly is not. He's over at another wall staring at it. He does not want to be there. He wants to go home. The class is a little insulted that this guy thinks he's going to take them all on at once because they fought pros. They fought real villains. Yeah, we get especially some reactions from Kirishima and Tokoyami being like, hey, what the hell? We can take on this guy. And Deku is also really ready to fight. Like, he's like, this guy is the number one student in UA. If there's anyone that I'm going to have to try to measure myself against, if I'm going to try to be better, like, this is the guy. Come on. Okay, let's go. Let's fight. Yeah, it's it's really great. He's pumped up to fight and he rushes in. He's going to kick this guy in the face. He activates his, his you think he activates his power. He loses all his clothes. Yep. <laughs> Not Mir- Deku. <laughs> Miriam <laughs> loses Miriam. all of his clothes. And when this happens, Deku is kind of caught off guard. The girls are very grossed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Deku's like, you're full of openings. Like, I'm going to kick you in the face. Yeah. And he goes right through him. Yeah, so he does kick him in the face. He just kicks him through the face. Yeah, and he almost gets hit by all of his friends who also shot things at this guy, which also go through him, and they nearly hit Deku. It's very bad. And he makes, Miro makes his comment about how, okay, he's going to take out all of the long-distance fighters first. He's so nonchalant. Yeah, and then he just proceeds to do it. Like, anyone with, like, a ranged power set is... Yeah, he just... He does it. <laughs> he he appears there suddenly, and mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, can he warp, too? Like, yeah. what, what's up with that? And the poor backliners are not ready to get punched by this guy. They get laid out. Mm-hmm. And he has this great moment after he lays them out where he's like... Power! <laughs> it's got a freeze frame and everything. And Eraserhead points out this guy is not just like the number one here in UA. He's the closest to number one, even among the pros. Yeah, like he is serious business. He's a student in art. He's pretty much top dog. And we get sort of some conversation between him and Todoroki because Todoroki didn't really see the point of him attacking because he doesn't have his license yet. And Todoroki reflects that he has studied with a certain hero. We don't get a name yet. But that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Additionally, now that the the backliners are down, he's like, all that's left is to beat up the close combat people. Which, of course, is like Deku, Ochako, Ojiro, you know, a bunch of them. And then he proceeds to, to go and do that. <laughs> yeah, Deku's like, listen, we... We got to think, we don't know how his powers work, so we need to really, like, pay attention. And when Mirio runs forward, like, he dashes forward, we see him fall into the earth mm-hmm. and his clothes disappear. Like, they fly off. And then Deku is ready for him. He anticipates him to pop up behind him. He's ready, but he still doesn't get to hit him because Mirio predicts what he's going to do when it looks like he's going to be hit in the face. Mm-hmm. And manages to spin his body midair and just punch Deku in the stomach. Yeah. Real hard. And then he proceeds to lay out everyone else who was not prepared to deal with 
with him at all. This admittedly is one of my favorite types of power sets, the ability to sort of move through solid substances or move through substances, walk through walls. Because I always felt like from watching Kitty Pride and stuff like that, that it is one of the most versatile power sets if you know how to use it, which we get into actually a little bit later. And it makes for some of the coolest fight scenes. Uh, even though this one is a little awkward because he is nude. He is nude. The entire time. After he's all dressed and he's debriefing the class, who are all holding their stomachs because they had a real bad time. They lament how powerful he is and how good his quirk is. And he's like, actually, no. We get a further explanation about what his quirk is. He calls it permeation. Yep. Um, where he can basically, as mentioned before, slip into substances. But there's actually some like science involved here. Basically, there's a, you know there's only like so much mass can hold or something like that. So he ends up sort of bouncing back out and it launches him. So the, the breakdown here is... When he activates his power in parts of his body, he can he can and does pass through solid matter, mm-hmm. which means when he activates on on his whole body, he falls through the earth because there's literally nothing to stand on. Or for loses him. his clothes. Or, or and or loses his clothes. But problematically, when that happens, he can't breathe, he can't see, he can't smell because his body is no longer interacting with the real world. He becomes basically effectively blind, deaf, and dumb. Yeah, and. It made his power really hard to use because he can't fucking see. And when he is in solid matter, the idea is when he regains his mass, you can't have somebody who exists in a solid object, who Mm -hmm. exists in a wall. And so his power pushes him back out at an angle. And he even goes through like a simple example of just how much work it takes just to do something relatively simple, like take a step through a wall because he has to sort of turn his power on and everything except for like one leg. So he's still braced on the floor and then he has to brace on the floor on the other side and then turn up like his power. Like it takes even a simple movement takes a lot of concentration and a lot of thought. And as a result, that's why he wasn't necessarily number one. Like, and he was always finding himself falling behind. And what he had to basically do was work really hard to turn, I think think he said something like, turn experience into power. Yep, he talks about the power of prediction and how he had to get really good at predicting what people would do and where they would be. Because his warp ability is basically him falling through the earth Mm -hmm. and then he angles his body to where people were or where he thinks they're going to be. And then he turns his power off, he gets launched from the earth as we saw up behind people but he had to be able to predict where people are going to be how are they going to behave what are they going to do and he became so good at it Mm -hmm. that he just effortlessly wrecks people yeah a regular chess player here yeah he's really proud of himself too because his power has always been hard to use and he was really bad but he went on work study he got some input and some training from somebody who helped turn that, as you mentioned, experience into power. And now he's number one. And this gets everyone really fired up in the classroom. Like they're really eager to go on their work studies now. Even Todoroki, who doesn't have his license, he's really eager to go out and get his license so he can continue to move up. Yeah, Mario points out that in work studies, you're more like a sidekick than like an intern. And that you're going to go through some shit. Sometimes you're going to see people die. Sometimes bad stuff happens. But that experience is what helps turn you into a better hero. And everybody is pumped about it. When they leave, like the big three leave because class 1A is going back to class. The three of them chit-chat for a bit just about how that was. And it was probably unnecessary for... The other two to be there. The Hato seems to feel like uh, that Mirio did did good. Like, yeah. you know, uh, things that went ultimately went well. You know, we think about Deku. 
um, and how well that Deku did, um, sort of being able to predict Mirio's moves. And Mirio thinks, I wonder what Sir would think about him. Yeah, I think Sir would like him. I think Sir would like him. So again, we get this mention of this other character. That is not necessarily introduced here in this moment. Mm-hmm. We head back to the dorms where Bakugo is taking out everybody's trash. but it Everyone's seems, trash. <laughs> it seems like everybody saved a ton of trash. Yep. And they just come piling it on and piling it on. I think that there's a, a plot reason for why, or a character reason, I should say, for why Bakugo wasn't there um, for this particular fight. He's His punishment lasts a little longer than Deku, so he wasn't allowed to go because of that. But I also feel like it was probably smart because I'm pretty sure Bakugo would have gotten his ass kicked and that... It would have been really hard on him, like emotionally. He's not and, having a good week. And that it just would have sort of opened up a whole new can of worms that is best not to deal with right now. Yep. We get like a couple small scenes. The girls talking about the work study stuff. And they're all really pumped now. They're really motivated. There is also a reminder that the school hasn't decided if they're going to allow the kids mm-hmm. to participate in work studies where they're year ones. And they Eraserhead in this flashback specifically points out they need to discuss how they're going to handle the media attention. I mean, if you think about it, they are basically sending out minors because they're your minors by our standards and by Japan's standards, I'm pretty sure of, out to do really dangerous, really dangerous stuff. So you got to be careful about that. Yep. And additionally... Deku is like, yep, gotta go do this. Mm-hmm. He calls Gran Torino. Yeah, which, you know, makes sense because Eraserhead did encourage people to use their contacts from their internships to see if they can get a good work study. And things worked really well when he trained with Gran Torino, as we know. But uh, Gran Torino is busy right now. He's working with the cops with larger plans, so situations. Yeah, he's like, look, kid, I'm, I got shit to do. I can't yeah. babysit you. Why don't you have your teacher, your sensei, yeah. connect you to some people? He's fucking All Might. Yeah, go ask All Might. And he's like, why not ask All Might about his former sidekick if he would teach you? And of course, Deku knows who that is because he's, he's the, a nerd. He's the ultimate fanboy. But we don't know. And I remember watching this episode for the first time and the idea of All Might having a sidekick never occurred to me. And I remember being like, what type of person would All Might choose as a sidekick? Like, who would it be? And just being very curious at this. The scene cuts here to a very blue girl. Very blue girl with a very exposed midriff. <laughs> um, opening a door and in a, a heightened tone, uh, exclaiming some event which has occurred to a very Japanese looking man. Mm-hmm. Uh, in glasses. A, with glasses in a room at a computer screen. Yeah. Very business-like yeah. gentleman. And about he, overhaul. About overhaul and how they have met up with... The League of Villains. Which we get to see a little bit of. Yeah, if you remember from last episode, the first half of the episode focused on Twice. And sort of at the end of his little story, he encountered this villain and a bunch of his followers. And they were all wearing plague masks. And now we see the follow-up of that. Twice is bringing this villain, who we now know is called Overhaul, to meet the rest of the League of Villains. And they're in this warehouse. Someone, I don't remember who, gives overhaul shit about his mask and they are gonna have a conversation i think what's really interesting here shigaraki who looks like he's gotten a costume upgrade mm-hmm. uh, in between yeah. uh, last time we saw him and now looks sizes this guy up and says you brought back a crazy big fish oh yeah he knows right away 
that this guy is a big deal. And he wasn't there to see, you know, all the killing and flames. Um, he can just take one look at him and he realizes that this guy is on another level. Yep. The gentleman in the suit, when he's getting briefed, they mention an organization. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like the Shea Hakasi or something like that. Yeah, I didn't write I, it down. I, I didn't write it down. It went by too fast. But, but that's an organization we're going to see more of. Mm-hmm. next season uh, as a point of note we don't get an established identity for the japanese gentleman the very yeah. japanese looking gentleman but it does come right after the i wonder what sir would think of him yeah so I, there it's pretty obvious there's like a connection there even if we don't get a name i have to remember when we start season four to talk about some interesting facts about this guy and what horikoshi the creator yeah about the design of this character. Oh, well, I don't know anything about that. So I'll, I will be educated. He ends up being, as you might have expected from this reveal, he ends up being a very important character in the next arc. And I feel like you go on a bit of an emotional roller coaster with him, based on, at least I did, based on my first impressions versus how we end up leaving him off in the arc. It'll be interesting to experience that again. We get a final scene of narrator Deku yeah. being like, Malice was growing in mm-hmm. the hero world. Yeah. You know, like all this stuff setting up season four. And then we get a, hey, season four is coming yep. at this date, which at this point in history has already aired. Yes, it has. So that's it. That's season three. That is season three. And season four has all been teed up. What did you think about this episode? This is a really fun episode. I feel like Miro is a really fun character. He's one of my favorites. And he's also a very satisfying character because he is someone that had to work for everything. And I I love how they deal with that. Like the first time you meet him, he's just this goofball and he's really weird and you have no idea what to make of him. And then you realize that he is the ultimate badass, but still really weird. But then you also realize that the reason why he is the ultimate badass is because he had to work for everything. And I feel like that makes him a really comparable character character to Deku because yes Deku was given this amazing power but he has to fight for every percentage of it and you can see how they would relate on some levels but yeah I like him a lot so yeah I really like this episode too Mirio is one of my favorite characters and we'll get to meet him a lot more next season Mm -hmm. it's really great to see him here in this setup episode at the end of season three I remember the first time I watched it, I had no idea what to think about him. Mm-hmm. I was like, what a weird dude. Yeah, he is kind of weird. <laughs> like, what a weird dude. But he he's so wholesome. You know, there was a lot in the last two episodes talking about how like Endeavor isn't comparable to All Might and mm-hmm. his like public presence and like who he is as a, a hero identity. Like mm-hmm. he's got power, but he's not doesn't have the charisma. He, he doesn't have the charisma. This dude has charisma. Yeah, I mean, again, he's kind of a weirdo, but he has this sort of very open, very friendly personality. And it is quite a contrast. And also, he's a badass. <laughs> also, he is a badass. Yeah. So, plus ultra character of the week? Is I, it, I, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious it's, who it's going it's, to. <laughs> it's Mario. Yeah. So good. Yeah, he he definitely earns it. And I don't see how you can get it to anyone else. Anybody who can kick the ass of... Cla- the entire uh, class, minus Bakugo. But minus Bakugo all at once. It's it's deserving of some kudos Mm -hmm. there. Because we know exactly how capable these students are. Mm -hmm. Like, they are very talented for their age. And And they work together well. And they work together well. And this dude dismantled them in the period of, what, a couple minutes? Yeah. And we usually, like, with one blow per student. I was watching him punch people in the stomach. I was like, no, that doesn't feel real good. Yeah. But, oh, man, the season is over. Which means that 
Nancy's Book Club. Is next week. Is next week. Uh, and then we're going to do the movie. Yes. We're the first movie, Two Heroes, I believe it's called. Yes. Which... Dave. Yeah, it's the Dave movie. I like that movie a lot. We'll talk a little more about it when we get there. But it's admittedly a movie I went to with pretty non-existent expectations because these sort of anime spinoff movies usually range from mediocre to terrible. <laughs> but I am really looking forward to watching it again. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's very exciting. Um, the animation in it is great. Mm-hmm, really It'll, good. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you have a lot to look forward to in the, the, the next couple of weeks here. And then we're into season four. Ta-da! 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 And we'll finally get to talk about some of the stuff that we, the two of us, have been talking about since we started this show. Because mm-hmm. we haven't se- been able to talk about. about Because season four was actively airing, I think, when we yeah. we started recording. so Or had just finished, one or the other. That's really exciting. Look forward to that. If you want to talk to us about season three and whether or not you loved it, you can do so on Twitter at One For All Cast. You can also find us there directly as well. Both Nancy and I do a lot of other projects and work, and we talk about those things there. So if you want like a little slice, a slice of Nancy, a slice of Anna. Honestly, if you follow me on Twitter at Watch Nancy Tweet, you're probably going to get me mostly talking about the TV shows I'm watching. Also cats. And cats. <laughs> You can find me at incidentally Anna A N A, and if you would like to leave us a rating or review because you love the show, we would really appreciate you. Thank you to everybody who has done that so far. It's really helped us grow our footprint over the last year. Don't forget to check out Nancy's Good Hero Fiction. She's got a book coming out in like a couple weeks. Yeah, the fourth book in my Red and Black series, Past and Future, is coming out on the 26th of April. And it's been a long time coming. I first drafted this book, God, it feels like years ago now, probably because it has been years. And I'm really excited to get to see everyone get to read it and figure out what happens in the future. The future. It's a real good one. I really enjoyed book four. Like I got to read the the Mm -hmm. beta, the beta version and provide notes. You won't be disappointed. Go hit that pre-order button. Now, I want to thank everybody for listening. We wouldn't make this show if you didn't listen. So we appreciate you. A big thank you to Richard Acosta for our opening and ending credits. And of course, a very special thank you to my co-host, Nancy, who didn't just come here for Mario Party today. She did drive all the way here to record two episodes. And we appreciate her. Next time, we're going to dive into not season three episode anything. It's going to be the recap. Yep. We're going to talk about the second half of season three. The good double stuff episode Mm -hmm. that makes us want Oreos. Every time. We'll see you then. See you then.